The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Friends, this is a miracle. This is an absolute miracle that the word of God comes to John, the son of Zechariah, in the middle of nowhere, in the wilderness. It's a miracle. For without God's word, we waste away like flowers that wither and decay. And yet, God in his great mercy sends his word to the middle of nowhere, wherever those nowheres are, to people who are not powerful or influential or noticed by the world, the small, the weak, the humble, the sinner, the sinned against. Our God comes to us in his holy word. And that's the miracle happening right here, right now, in this beautiful holy place. And what a joy it is to be here with the dear saints of St. James Church. You're very precious to me and to uh, us at our Savior Church. You've been such an example and encouragement to us because the word of the Lord has gathered you and strengthened you and guided you for these many years, and it's all a miracle by our Lord's doing. Luke starts this account of John the Baptist coming with this really interesting thing historically. He, he lays out the timeline historically with, with uh, Tiberius Caesar in his 15th year ruling the world, really. And then there's O'Herod and, and Pontius Pilate and all these other leaders. And then there's Annas and Caiaphas, the high priests. These are all the important people. If there were news media back in their day, this is where those big satellite TV trucks would be gathered at, in uh, Rome and in uh, oh the various palaces for Herod and Pontius Pilate. And they'd be perhaps at the temple, like, like at a state funeral for the, president, the former president. That's where everybody would be watching and noticing. But that isn't where the word of God comes. And by which I do not mean to say that the word of God didn't come to President Bush's funeral. I think it did. But in this text, what's striking, what's odd, what's unusual is all the places where everybody pays attention. These are not the places where the word of God comes. It comes to John the son of Zechariah, the old guy, out there in the middle of the wilderness, the word of God. And what is that word of God? It's in, it's in the Old Testament reading today, this beautiful, real message of John. It comes at the end of Malachi chapter 3, the section that's in, appointed as the Old Testament reading today, where God says, For I, the Lord, do not change, therefore you children of Jacob are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. Throughout Israel's history, 
Israel was given the clear word of God, what to do, what not to do, and again and again and again and again they disobeyed it. In fact, that's my life too, and yours. There hasn't been a single day where we put our head on the pillow having able to say that night, oh, thank you, Lord, today I did it. I lived perfectly today without a single rebellion against your holy word of truth and life. Israel was a little more formal in their rebellion, and it was ugly. And yet, what does God say? I, the Lord, do not change. I keep my promises even though you don't keep yours. I'm not going to let you stop me from loving you. It's in Malachi. I think it's no surprise that God says that he hates divorce. And what is divorce? What is it? But somebody breaking the marriage, maybe both breaking the marriage, and stopping what had been promised. And this is never the way God is with us. He always keeps his promise, even when we don't keep ours. He continues after us. He loves us. He will not change. O oh, children of Jacob, Jacob, the rebellious one, the one who, well, okay, God wanted him to have the blessing, but mom has him dress up as his older brother Esau to steal the blessing from his blind dad by lying to him. Is that pleasing to God? I think not. And the punishment, Jacob has to run off by himself out into the wilderness, to the middle of nowhere. He's so bone-tired and probably so frightened that he's able to use a stone as his pillow. I don't think there's a big market for stone pillows these days. And there, in a deep sleep, after his rebellion and sin and fear, what happens? God sends a ladder right there to that rock, to that place, and God doesn't stand at the top of the ladder saying, hey, Jacob, come on up, live a good enough life, climb the ladder. No. What does God do? He comes down that ladder and he stands right by Jacob's head, right by that stone pillow. And what does he say? I am the Lord your God. And I will protect you and cause you to prosper and succeed. I, I will watch over you and you will return to the land from which you have fled. And this land will be yours. And Jacob wakes up. And he goes, oh my goodness, I didn't know that this was the gate of heaven. This is the house of God right here in the middle of nowhere. Well, it wasn't. And yet it was. Because there God chose to be because he had a sinner who was full of fear and shame and hurt and pain, and God didn't change. He still loved that Jacob. He chased after him, and he gave him his promise, a promise that he will not break. God kept his promise to Jacob. He caused his people to prosper all the way down to that one person, the seed of the woman, our Lord Jesus Christ, who who came 
as the descendant of Jacob, the descendant of David, the descendant of Moses and Abraham, the one to come to rescue and deliver us. God did not change. He kept his promise and he would not forget it. And, and so you, my friends, are not consumed. So I'm not consumed, as God says. He has every reason to wipe us out. We failed him time and time again. But he keeps his promise. I sent my son to be the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And he sent his son. And before sending that son to the cross, he sent John in the middle of the wilderness with his word of life to call you back to him. In Malachi, he put it this way, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Friends, there's not one of us here today that doesn't have false gods that we've chased after. Just today, even yesterday, the day before, we've got other gods we've trusted in, old success, popularity, money, I don't know, uh, lost, And what's God say? I'm willing to forget all that. Return to me. Come home. Come back. And I will turn to you. This was the message of John in the wilderness. This is why the crowds came out to him. Because they wanted to be free. Free from their sin. Free from their rebellion. Free from, from that terror of thinking that we have to save ourselves or do it ourselves. No, God is doing it for us and coming into our midst to rescue and deliver us in his holy word. Now, admittedly, John's word was pretty hard to take. Did you catch how he started his sermon? I thought of starting my sermon today this way, but you don't know me, so this probably wouldn't have gone over well. If I started out, oh, brood of vipers, so nice to be with you here at Brood of Vipers Lutheran Church. Crucify him. <laughs> That's how John starts out. Brood of Vipers. What's that mean? Brood means offspring. Viper, well, that's a snake. See, so you're the offspring of snakes. John's audience was the offspring of snakes. Friends, at our best, We were the brood of vipers, the offspring of the serpent, Satan. At our worst, we still are the offspring of Satan. We we were the offspring of Satan because, well, mom and dad, our first folks, chose to rebel against our God This wasn't some accidental falling into sin like perhaps someone might fall into love or whatever. This was a purposeful choice. This was a rebellion against God and in favor of Satan. And in so doing, Satan became our adopted father. This was terrible. And John's calling them out of this. You brood of vipers. You, you who have chosen evil every day of your life. Repent. Come back. 
turn back to the Lord and to his gracious mercy because he is sending the one who will cut down our pride and fill in our emptiness with his bountiful mercy and forgiveness and welcome us home as dear sons and dear daughters through the death and resurrection of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What a beautiful word from John. He is able to bear up children from these rocks. What's that mean? He's able to take us who were in rebellion against him, who were the brood of Satan, and in baptismal water with his holy word, God was able to produce children of our Heavenly Father. That's what John was doing in the wilderness, baptizing people for the forgiveness of their sins, the release of all their sin, so that they were free. And that is your baptism, and that's the freedom you have, only made even clearer as Jesus gave it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to brand you, to, uh, to tattoo you, with the name of the holy God which he will never forget. There are some really tough days in our lives. Some days when we wonder, what's God up to? Does he love me? Is he, is he after me? Is he punishing me? Friends, as we continue to repent and return to our baptismal cleanliness and adoption as God's children, it's abundantly clear our God does not change. He is not trying to wipe us out. He is not trying to cause us pain. He is the God who gave his son to die for you and rise for you, to cleanse you and set you free and make you his dear child forever. Don't ever forget this. Live as you are. Now the newborn offspring of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, born through the saving death and resurrection of Jesus into a life that will never end or fail you. This is why Paul writes in today's epistle, you love each other and you show that love Paul writes to the Philippians, they had supported him in beautiful ways while he was imprisoned. And he says, let that love abound more and more. And how? In loving people more? Well, yes, but more than that, in all knowledge and discernment. In other words, friends, let us never be content with what we know of God's holy word but always desire to learn more, to grow in it. Go to Bible class, go to Sunday school, read your scriptures. Let that word enable you to grow in knowledge of your God. When, when you love someone, when you love someone, you really want to get to know them. You want to get to know how they think. You want to know their past. You want to know what dreams they have for the future. You delight to hear each other and learn. Let your love for the Lord abound in knowledge. Oh, Jesus, you gave yourself for me fully without my asking, according to your plan and not mine. 
O Lord, by your Holy Spirit, let me ever delight in your word and learn more about you. Learn what you want and what you desire and what the plans are you have for us and the home you prepare for us and how you want me to live and serve. That's what happened with those John proclaimed the good news of Jesus to. He said, hey, how should we live now? And he doesn't say, well, quit your job and follow Jesus all the time. He says, instead, do the work that God has given you as wife or husband, as mother or father, as neighbor, as son or daughter, as church member, as worker. Live those callings, serving your neighbor because of the love of God to you in Christ. And grow, grow in the knowledge of this Lord and delight in his great and abundant mercy to you that will never change and never be canceled and never fail you. For your Lord Jesus Christ came as John proclaimed, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the sin of the world, even for those who were the offspring of the evil snake himself and now set free to be the children of God forever. Oh, return to the Lord, and he returns to you. Thanks be to God in Jesus' name. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all our understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.